What's up with that, people? Technology. All right, we're going we're gonna to go here. Look, automatically did that, too. Hey, so we're going to uh, have a, just a short communion uh, message this morning. And, um, and hopefully not super short, but short enough to uh, let us enjoy the fellowship. And so um, the whole title for this is Remembering Jesus. But the best way that I could describe this is that we're going to kind of go on like a remembrance journey, if you will. Uh, we're going to start with remembering, but then we're going to see that remembering just for the sake of remembering, it's not really uh, the goal of this, and it's not really the most important thing. And yet, this is Christmas time, so this is the time that we remember Jesus. And you ask anybody on the streets, it's even like tangentially associated with Christianity, and you'll be like, is Chris, what is Christmas? And they'll be like, it's Jesus' birthday. It's the time to remember Jesus' birth. Yes, that is true. And yet... I want us to go beyond just remembering. And so we're going to start with remembrance. Point number one, remembrance. And this is very important to God. Like, God wants us to be a people that remembers things. And I think even one of my favorite examples is just the Last Supper, which is one of the reasons why I chose to do this for communion. We see it in the Gospels, but then later... Paul, and, and it's funny because theologians don't really agree on this, but Paul then says, hey, I learned something from Jesus about the Last Supper, which Paul was not at, but I want to read it in 1 Corinthians because it's such a good example. This is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed, I don't know why that keeps doing that. The Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so it's this idea of... It was, it was very important to Jesus to let us know, here's something that I want you to do regularly. Why? Because I want you to remember what I'm doing here. And I want you to remember what is about to happen here. Remembrance is so important. And we need reminders to remember. We often forget to remember things. I forget to remember things all the time. There it went again. I forget to remember things all the time, like things that Jen asks me to do. I just forget. They're, like, they, they, they're in my brain, and then magically, they're not in my brain anymore. And there are things where she's like, let's do this. And I say, yes. And then it's literally like someone surgically removed that thought from my entire consciousness. And, it, and it's because, also, I didn't, I didn't give myself any reminders to remember. And reminders to remember are good. They are good for us. This is what communion is. It's a reminder to remember. And there's times where, without the reminder, guess what? You don't remember. 
And then you, you, I mean, we should have this mindset of like gratitude for Jesus and what he did for us. We should have that mindset all the time. But then we have communion and we're like, okay, this is special time to remember. And those reminders to remember are important. This is Christmas. Christmas is a reminder to remember. It's not in the Bible, but it's good. We spend a few days every year focused on Jesus, hopefully. But when you look back through even through the Old Testament, this is part of God's nature. He, he was like, hey, here's a celebration that I want you to obey. I want you to celebrate this every year on this day of this month. This is important to me. It's a reminder to remember. Here's a feast. Here's a ritual. Here's an observance. These are all reminders to remember. But they are not faith replacements. And I, I think we understand that about Christmas and communion. Like, like none of us is going to say, like, well, I took communion, so, I'm a, so now I'm a good Christian. Like, we know it's deeper than that. Like, it's, it's the observance, it's ritual. But that's how it was supposed to be all along. Like, like the observance of these, of these festivals and feasts and rituals and observances, they wasn't supposed to replace your faith in God. They're not supposed to become idols. They're just reminders to remember. They're not mindless. They're actually supposed to be mindful. They're supposed to encourage us to spend more time meditating and thinking on these things and not replace that meditation and thinking. We need reminders to remember. And so, if I were to ask you guys, did you spend any time this week remembering Jesus? Probably most of you would raise your hand and say, yes, I I remembered Jesus. And that is good. Mission accomplished. But we're on, a, we're on a remembrance journey. And so the next step is not just remembering. The next step is honor. We do want to remember Jesus. But even a step above that, we want to honor Jesus. Now, what does that mean? I want to think about it in terms of like people, human beings. Maybe people that we know, that we loved, and maybe people that we lost passed away. Sometimes you think about this person and you're sad that they're gone, but then if you ask the follow-up question, like, hey, if they were to like pop in and say hi to me right now and see my life and see how I'm doing in their absence, would they be proud of me? Like, would they be like, man, you are doing a good job and You're honoring me through the life that you're living. If they came to visit me, how would they feel about the way I'm living? And this is a big thing when it comes to grief and grieving. Because I'm going to tell you a story of uh, two women, and I can only name one of them, (laughs) uh, but their dads passed away. And one of them is is Jen. Her dad passed away, and... um, and it was, it was unbearably sad. And it was heartbreaking. And if you talk to Jen, she's not going to pull any punches on the grieving process. Like, it was, it, was a, it was gut-wrenching. And yet, she didn't, like, reject the grief. She didn't run away from it. I think that she did a really good job modeling to people what it looks like to, to grieve the, the loss of your father. Um, and yet... I think about this. I don't know if Jen thinks about this, but I think about this, and I think if her dad saw our family, if her dad could, could come back and give us a message and say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm watching, and 
uh, you guys are doing great. <laughs> like, I'm really proud of you. That would be so special, wouldn't it? You know, I, I got to have an interaction with uh, another woman, that, a young woman, whose father died. And, and the grief was just as unbearable, just, just as heart-wrenching. And yet, um, and yet we see, like, the grief overtook her in, in manifested in ways that were not healthy at all. And this is not just for this woman. This is, I feel like I've seen this many times. Many times. Young men, young women, who they lose someone near and dear to them, and they're swallowed by the sadness of that loss. So much so that they start acting out in very self-destructive behaviors. And they start indulging in things that if that person were there, they would go, I'm, I'm glad that you're sad for me, but I don't want you to live this way. It is possible to remember someone while dishonoring their memory. And I think that's important to like think about, and I'm going to say it again. It is, impo- it is possible to remember someone while at the same time dishonoring the memory of that person. Because the, the life that you're living is not the life that they would want you to live. And I, I'm not just talking about our loved ones and our, and our parents. I'm, t- like, I'm talking about Jesus. Do we just remember Jesus and not go the extra step to actually live in a way that brings him honor? And so I have this, uh, this scripture for us from Matthew. This is the parable of the two sons that Jesus told. He said, what do you think? There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered. But later he changed his mind and went. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir. But he didn't go. Which of the two did what his father wanted? The first they answered. Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. And he was telling this to people who were very good at remembering the Lord, but not honoring the Lord. And I think in our society, in our culture, in our modern times, it's very easy to remember Jesus and yet live in a way that does not honor Jesus. And so when I say honor, what I mean is the way that we live. And this can even be internally, this can be our own mindset and repentance and our our faith, but the question still is, if Jesus were to come back, would he be like, you're, you're, you're doing, I'm proud of you. Here's another one. This is in 1 John 2. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Now, this scripture could be used very heavy-handedly to like push some legalistic beliefs. And, and I'm, not, I'm not down with that. 
But I do think it, it bears asking ourselves. If we call ourselves Christians, is it just that we believe in Jesus? The remembrance side, the thinking side. I, my mind is on Jesus right now, so I'm a Christian. But this is asking us to go to the next level. Is, is our lives reflecting the life that Jesus wants us to live? And so that's my question. It's easy to remember, but am I honoring Jesus? And I think Christmas is an, is an amazing time of year to be thinking these things. I want all of us to remember Jesus, but I don't want it to just stop as an intellectual exercise. Have you, have you given enough thought to Jesus? No, I want you to go the next step and actually think about the way that you are living and ask them, am I honoring Jesus with the way that I live? And we could leave it right there and that would be great, but there's actually another step that I want us to talk about. And uh, that is glory. Because honor can be very internal. Like I was saying, it's, it's about the way I live. It's about the way, I don't know why that keeps happening. It, it's about what's going on inside of me. It's my thinking. It's my, my action, the way I live. And yet the next phase of this journey after just remembering, after honor, is to do, to live in a way that other people will start to honor Jesus too. And that is this glorifying process. Honor can be internal, as we're going to define it here. Honor is going to be internal, but glory is going to be external. And why? Or how is that possible? It's because when we, we glorify Jesus, when we help other people honor Jesus. And so this gets us back, if you remember our, uh, our uh, Lord's Prayer series. The whole first sermon was just on this scripture. A hallowed name. And so, whereas we don't really think about a name being hallowed in our day and age... It was very important, very important back then that, uh, that when they were praying this, what they were saying was, God, what I want is for your name to be magnified, uh, glorified, lifted up. I want it to be exalted. And I'm praying that that happens no matter how you decide it's going to happen. My prayer is that your name will be hallowed. Your name will be magnified, exalted, glorified, lifted up. And even if that means that you have to use me in some way that is very uncomfortable to me, please let that happen. But, and we don't really pray for anyone's name to be hallowed. Like maybe like a political candidate at election time and you're like, you know, this is my guy and you really want this guy to win. So you're telling all your friends about this guy and you're like, oh, this is awesome. And so you're trying to hallow his name. But do we do that with God? Do we do that with Jesus? And so I love this verse in 1 John. 1 John 1.1. 1, 1. This is how John starts. That which was from the beginning. Don't know why. That which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. 
The life appeared. We have seen it and testify to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. Now, that might seem like, you know, if you're not, like in, a, if you're not in the right mind, I'm just going to be totally honest, that could literally have sounded like a bunch of just gibberish. It could have, like, be honest with me. If you're not really thinking about it, all of those words just kind of ran together and you're like, blah, 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 Jesus, blah, 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 God, blah, 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 blah. And I have been there. I grew up going to church. I have been there. When the guy up front reads something and you're like, I, I missed all of that. Here's, here's what I want to say. There's three verses up there, and every single one he mentions um, proclaiming. That his job, John saw it as his job to tell people about the things that he saw and he heard and he did, and even the things he touched, because that was a thing back then. There were some people at the time that were like, oh, Jesus, he's a cool guy, cool teacher, but he was probably just like the spirit angel being. He wasn't like a real person. And so some of the apostles, they had, to, they had to go out of their way to tell people, no, he was real. I touched him. And even some of the gospel accounts, you see, they were doubling down on the fact that he was a real guy. And yet, John saw it as his job to testify and proclaim to people what he saw and heard. And so all throughout the Old Testament, this was a common thing. From the beginning, the plan was always this. In Isaiah 61... Isaiah says, their descendants will be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them will acknowledge that they are a people the Lord has blessed. Psalm 46.10, he says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Psalms 18.49 says, therefore, I will praise you, Lord, among the nations I will sing the praises of your name. This was always God's plan, that we would not just be a family that's very like internally focused. We just read things and talk to each other in whispered tones like, isn't that really cool? Like, oh man, I love that scripture. That's so cool. But that our lives and our words would work together so that other people would look at us and go, something's going on there. And God wanted a people so that the, the whole world would be blessed through this, through this group. And so it's easy to remember. It's harder to honor. That's where we have to change our lives. And then the next step is proclaiming. Glorifying. Does my life proclaim Jesus? <clears throat> I think it's easy to say that, yep, Christmas time, I have spent, I've, I've done a good job remembering who Jesus is. And I think if, even if you're just a good, even if you just have good habits, even if you're just in the habit of like not yelling at people and, um, and reading your Bible and praying, like even if you just have good habits, you can live a life that honors God. But it can't just stay in the walls of your own house. Jesus needs people who will live in a way that shows him off to the world. 
And so what I want us to do is to move from just remembering. I want us to examine ourselves. What do I need to do so that my life honors God? And then I want us to think, how can I glorify God through my life so that other people will also remember and honor Him? And so as we take communion this morning, my prayer is that you can think about your own remembrance journey. And maybe you're, you're at the, you know, at the like, infant stage of this, you're like, you know what, honestly, Ben, if I'm being totally honest, I spent a lot of time this Christmas season not even thinking about Jesus at all. And you're not alone. There's a lot of people that can get through the entire Christmas season, and it's all about their to-do list, their plans, what we have to get done. It's family, 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 family. And family's great. But, but we need to remember that this is a reminder to remember. And so if you're, at, if you're at the remembrance, but you're not at the honor stage, what does that mean? That means I think you need to examine the way that you live and ask yourself, am I taking seriously the things that Jesus has done for me? And the answer might be no, and that's okay. I would just say, uh, get open and talk about that. And then, a lot of you might be at the honor stage. You feel like, I live in a way where Jesus is Lord of my life. But you're not really at the stage where you desire to live in a way that other people look at. Say, look at me and see Jesus. And that is where I really, I'm hoping that this year is that year for, for me and for a lot of us. I feel like the last two years has been a lot of looking in. And I really want to, I really want to, to live in a way that is just like broadcasting Jesus to the world. And I hope that we can do that together. So as we take uh, the bread and the juice, I just want you to think about maybe where you're at on this list. And I want us to partner together, work together to really uh, not just remember Jesus, but honor and glorify him. Amen. Let me pray for us. Uh, God, thank you for your son. And thank you for all of these reminders for us to set aside time to remember him. Christmas is a beautiful reminder and communion is a beautiful reminder, God. And I pray that as we take the bread and the juice, we can remember his body that was broken for us, his blood that was spilt for us, and that we can be extremely grateful and that that gratitude will flourish in our hearts and will actually motivate us to live in a way that would make him proud of us. And then not only that, but we live in a way that other people can see him through us, God. And I pray that your name is hallowed. I pray that your name is exalted and magnified and lifted up in the world. Please help us be the people that you desire to, um, to be great workers in your kingdom, God. And also help us to just be extremely grateful children for how um, awesome you are as a father. And I just pray that we can uh, revel in your love for us. We thank you so much for this time and for your son. And we pray all of this in his name. Amen.